0: Now, give you an example. Now, I like to go surfboarding. Some of you will know that, others won't. Um, But I love just being in the ocean, right? Just sitting there on my surfboard, just admiring how massive the ocean is and just kind of freaking out a little bit because it's so huge and could like swallow me. But it's just awesome sitting out there in the ocean. But what I don't like thinking about is what's underneath me in the ocean, right? You know what I mean? Anyone scared of going in the sea, Right. What's underneath you? Yeah. So I've got this friend, Matt. Now, Matt doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. So we were out there getting ready to go into the sea. And so we're there with like one leg in our wetsuits, getting ready. We're going to go surfing. Um, And Matt turns around. He starts reeling off all of these statistics on the amount of sharks that are sighted in the UK. And he starts reeling this stuff off. And he starts talking about how many shark attacks there are in the world. And I'm there like, okay, Matt, just be quiet. It's going to be okay. We go surfing all the time. It's fine. So we're out there in the water having a good time, but then suddenly I realize I'm like the only one who's out deep, and so I start to freak out a little bit. I'm overthinking. I'm thinking, what is underneath me, right? There's going to be some shark that's going to come and attack me. I feel something, brush up against my left leg okay so I'm freaking out now right there's a shark coming for me so I start paddling back we're trying to get back to shore because I don't want to get eaten by the shark I feel it again on my leg it keeps hitting my leg whatever it is the shark is like swimming next to me hitting my leg and then I get to this bit that's a bit shallower and I turn around and I realize the thing about surfing is you have what's called a leash now, a leash is like tied to your leg and tied to your surfboard so that your surfboard doesn't fly off and get lost. So the whole time, I thought this shark was like following me. It's just my own leash. Um, so freaking out a little bit. But it was one of those moments that what it seemed really calm. But then suddenly everything was super intense. Um but I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Maybe you've got a friend at school who like just takes everything to the next level. Like you're chilling out, talking a bit about school, and then suddenly they bring up the homework that's due tomorrow. Suddenly it's intense, right? You know what I mean? But I'm bringing this up because when it comes to Easter, every time in the year. Um, Every time in the year. It's only once every year. But when it comes to Easter, I have this feeling of suddenly it seems to be quite intense. See, one minute we're talking about Easter bunnies. We're talking about chocolate. We're talking about going on Easter egg hunts, having a good time in the sun. And then the next minute, we go to a church and we read things like this. But he... Jesus was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Like what happened to the chocolate and the Easter bunny, right? Like suddenly it seems super intense. But as weird as it is, Easter is a celebration of one of the most intense moments in history. When Jesus died on a cross and rose Again, and for some of us, we might have heard about that loads of times. For some people, this might be one of the first times, and it's a little bit disturbing. But either way, we have to wrestle with the same questions. Why did it happen, and what, how did we get to this point today where we celebrate what is going on here? And this series we've been talking about is Prism, where we've been looking at Jesus and the death and resurrection, the Easter story, and how if we look at Jesus in different ways, we can see different aspects of him that we didn't see before, just like when we look... At a prism, and how that's super important for us because we can often rely on our parents to give us ideas of who Jesus is or we rely on our favorite YouTuber to give us ideas but actually if Jesus can change our lives then it's important for us to think about who Jesus is for ourselves as well and, and when we think about Jesus the thing that comes to our mind most is the cross um, the cross is the thing we're talking a little bit about today um But it doesn't quite answer the question that we mentioned a second ago, why did Jesus die? Now, if you've been around church a lot, people say this phrase, Jesus died for your sins, right? Kind of explaining it, but kind of still a little bit confusing, like it doesn't quite answer the question. So I want to define what sin is for us so that it makes a little bit more sense. See, I think that sin is defined as missing the mark of God's best. That might be doing something that isn't what God's best is for your life, or it might be not doing something that is God's best for us. It's doing something that is seen as wrong in the eyes of God. But it still doesn't quite tell us why Jesus had to die. Um, We get, right, that murder is a big deal to God. We get that that's a big thing. But then we don't quite understand how lying to our little brother about whether there's chocolate left in the cupboard, like, that doesn't seem like as big a deal, right? Just getting annoyed at your friend, like, it doesn't seem as much of a big deal. And suddenly this escalation from the little mistakes that I make to Jesus dying seems a little bit intense as well. Um, maybe you've been watching the news over the last few days and you've been watching Will Smith uh, popping Chris Rock around the face, right? And how that seemed like everything was chilled and they were having like a bit of joke and stuff and then suddenly it all kicked off. It became intense really quick. Um, And we look at that and there's some stuff underlying. I think that we have responsibility over how we respond to people, uh, but we also have responsibility over what we say. Um, But it seemed to get intense really quick, just like what we're talking about here. It doesn't make sense how the little things that I do lead to Jesus's death. It just seems a little bit confusing. Um, So why is sin such a big deal? Um, I think that sin always destroys something. Uh, It doesn't always have equal consequences. Like when we spoke about murder, it's a little bit different to telling a white lie to somebody. But I think that sin always destroys something. Um, Think about the last time somebody talked bad about you. Maybe think about the last time somebody lied to you. Maybe someone ignored you. Maybe someone took the mick out of you. Why did it bother you? Because it betrayed your confidence. Maybe it made you feel a little bit less about yourself. Maybe you lost trust with that person. See, sin always takes something from somebody and creates distance. It destroys something in the relationship. Um, And so if sin can do that in our relationship with people, then it can also do that in our relationship with God. See, don't get me wrong. I think that God loves us and that God is always close. But see, what sin does is it makes us seem, it makes it seem like what we do and what we don't do make it impossible for us and God to be friends. It makes it seem impossible. Um, And maybe some of us, we've been... uh, We've been in that place before where we thought to ourselves, well, I shouldn't go to church today because my relationship with God isn't great. I can't hang out with these Christian dudes because I'm not quite good enough. Um, And we start to put ourselves in this box. We're not good enough to be around God. Um, See, I don't think that that is the case. I want to look at that passage that I read out a little bit earlier, the super intense one. Here's what it says. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of all of us. Now, it doesn't sound that great. If we already feel like there's a a distance between us and God, it doesn't feel that great. It doesn't feel amazing. It doesn't feel like us and God are on good terms. And you know what? That's true. Um, that Isaiah was talking about is how it was because of the rebellion of others that that we did this to Jesus. Um, And admittedly, we weren't there at the time, but I think what Isaiah is getting at is that there is something in all of us that is capable of doing what was done to Jesus, shifting the blame, pointing fingers, avoiding the responsibility that we have even when it hurts other people. That is sin. And it would be sad if the story ended there. But this is why we talk about the Easter story. Because this is what is extraordinary about it. Um, See, sin killed and punished Jesus. uh, And there should have been eternal distance. With anybody else, there would have been a distance between us because of that. Um, But here's what it says. It says... uh, After this, when Jesus has been beaten, he's been falsely accused. He's hanging on a cross, about to die. Here's what he prays. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. See, yes, sin should disqualify us. Sin should uh, mean that our relationship with God isn't good. It should distance us from Jesus. That is what sin does. It breaks, it destroys, it separates, and it condemns. But because of Jesus, it doesn't have the last say. See, our past creates distance, but it is a space that the death and resurrection of Jesus, it covers so that we can know God. See, Jesus hasn't removed himself because of our sin, because of our failures, because of our mistakes, but actually he chose to forgive us. He chose to be close with us again. Um, And then Jesus rose from the dead so that there was no reason for us to keep our distance from God, no matter what? See, Isaiah, I think he was right, but our past does not have to hold us back. Sin that you think keeps you away from Jesus, it, it doesn't, actually. Maybe it's for some of us in the room, there are areas of our life where we feel like we've messed up too much and that we are not worthy of being around God, not worthy of knowing God. Um, I want you to know that that distance that the sin and the mistakes makes you feel That distance isn't actually there, that God is still close, that God is still with us, and God still loves us, and that we can know God for ourselves. Um, And so if you remember anything from today, I want you to remember this. Because of Jesus, your past does not have to hold you back. Because of Jesus, your past does not have to hold you back. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of who you are, God wants to know you. God wants to have a relationship with you and that we can dive into a relationship with him today. So we're going to do something quickly. Um, We did a bit of a response last week and we're going to do a very similar response this week as well for anybody who didn't get a chance to respond. Um, And what we're going to do is we in a second, we're going to close our eyes because I think for some of us, we can get ourselves wrapped up and feel like we're not good enough, like we can't know. God. And maybe for some of us in, our, in this room, we, we feel that way. We feel like we've made too many mistakes. We are not good enough. We failed too many times to know God. God doesn't love us. God doesn't care about us. I want you to know that that's not true. It was never about who we are, but it was always about who God is. Um, and so, what we're going to do is, I'm going to give you a second. If that's you, um, and you're feeling like right now you want, you've been pushing God away, you've been distancing yourself from God because of the mistakes you've made, I want you to know that Jesus wants to know you. Um, and so, I want to let you make a decision today um, to respond to Jesus. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shut our eyes, um, just so that we don't distract each other. Um, And I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer after me uh, if you want to. Um, And it's a prayer that says, um, God, I know I've messed up, but you want to know me and I want to know you too. So here's, we're going to pray. If that's you, I want you to pray it uh, inside. You don't have to pray it out loud. God, I thank you that you forgive us. I thank you that my mistakes do not separate me from you. And God, I pray that I would not let that be a barrier to knowing you. God, I welcome you into my life. I want to know you. Amen.